This is the weekly Kaupapa Māori series here on RNZ. Ko Justin Murray Tene. Last week I spent some time with Tikiukihu Butler who talked about his philosophy in living with cancer. You can hear that episode at rnz.co.nz forward slash tiahika. You'd go to the marae and, uh, um, you know, that everyone would have their kai there. So what you used to do is um, not go and have, you know, you'd go and do the whatever the kaupapa was yeah. and then you'd sort of drift away before it was time to have the kai. Sneak away. Yeah, sneak away. <laughs> yeah, and, um, you know, because you just didn't want to put yourself in that position where it might tempt you or it might not. Journalist and former press secretary Greg Taipari gets candid about his experience with cancer. From the diagnosis, his decision not to tell his closest whanau, and making changes in his life along the way. Oh, kia ora, Justin, and thank you for having me on the show. I'm looking forward to having this conversation with you. So I was born um, in a little town called Raitahi, but I papa to the Whanganui River. So I'm Teatiho Nui, Nazi Pamoana, and and also on my father's side Tainui. So I'm very proud of my uh, my ancestry. Last week we heard from Tikihu Kihu Butler, who talked about his own diagnosis with prostate cancer. You'll hear him join the conversation in this week's episode. That's coming up in this week's episode of Tiahika. Greg and his wife Claire have lived in Rotorua for 15 years, but as kids they lived in the Bay of Plenty. It was in Tetekel that he attended school. Um, we moved to uh, the sunny Bay of Plenty as children when I was a child and um, went to school at Tetekel, so I'm a proud Texan and wow. always support the rugby team there. Um, <laughs> went to Edgecombe College, Claire is, um, she's from Whakatane, a mm. proud Tuhoi woman and um, you know, uh, yeah, we've got uh, two lovely kids, a uh, girl who's 23, Kohu, um, Hine to Kohu Rangi, I should say, and my son who's 21, who's oh my Tafiti, so yeah. This is Greg Taipari's story. About four years ago, I was diagnosed with throat cancer. Uh, before being diagnosed, I, I started off with a little cough and I was working in Wellington, um, sorry, in Hamilton, and um, I, I just had this nagging cough constantly and I thought it was the cold and the flu and yeah. so, so forth, so forth. But uh, eventually I went to a, a ear, nose and throat uh, specialist and they found a, a growth on there, which turned out to be cancer and... So for me, and I guess there's a lot of um, men out there who, you know, typical staunch male, we um, don't share our um, our burdens easily. You know, we tend to have a tendency to hide how we really feel or what's really going on inside ourselves. So um, I sort of went down that 
way with my illness um, because I was, at the time, I was a press secretary in Parliament for Te Ururo Flavel. Got the diagnosis while I was down there and so I decided just for me personally um, I didn't want the I guess when you see people going through this through this journey and yeah and lots of people and I've been guilty of it sort of feeling sorry for the people that are going through that journey and mm-hmm. so I didn't want to have that pity thrown yeah, on me the attention yeah around. the attention around it and um, so I decided not to tell anyone not even my wife or my family yeah. at the time um, because I really didn't know what was going on. You know, I didn't really know what my options were and how I was going to treat it. And so for me, I didn't want to burden people with that or having to try and answer or justify my my journey. Um, and I'm not saying that the way I've done it is right or wrong, but it was the way I decided to do it. It was in 2015 that Greg underwent surgery to remove a cancerous tumour in his throat. He decided not to do chemotherapy, mostly based on his own views of what chemotherapy does to the body. However, over time, he has changed some of those views. My journey now, I realise that um, it's about the way you take things and how you see life and and so I learned from a, a lovely lady, her name's Jane, who was on this retreat that we went on. She called it her liquid gold, you know, because it was, mm-hmm. even though there was all these chemicals inside it, it was something that was to hopefully bring her further on her journey of cancer. So um, it was that's how I started to look at it. That was my start in the journey of cancer. It was, it was probably a uh, year, one year process of going through radiation the, the, um, and of course the operation and just recovering from that. I guess I was lucky in a sense because I worked in a job that was quite high pressured, a lot of um, yes. you know, long hours and things like that. For me that was, a, that was the, I guess the thing that I could just throw everything at it, just focus in on it and didn't, you know, it took my mind away from the all the raru, I guess, I was, that was going through so you me. Threw yourself into your I work. threw myself into my work. As a journalist, Greg has worked in the communications industry for 15 years. He's had a number of roles in the newsroom, including Māori Affairs reporter, sports editor, and deputy editor. In 2015, he was the senior ministerial press secretary for former Māori Party Waiariki MP Te Ururua Flavel. Today, he works in a number of roles as a media advisor. And um, so there were a lot of nights when I'd be lying there thinking, oh my God, what am I doing? What am I going to do? How am I going to get through this? This may sound um, cliche, but knowledge is power. And for me, in the job that I've done as a journalist and as a um, press secretary, knowledge is is power. You've got to know what's going on and have a plan of how you want to approach it. Uh, When things get tough, Find out what's going. You know, find the information that you need to know to help you deal with whatever situation you, you're going through. So this was we're talking 2016, four years ago. Yeah, yeah. You have been clear for about a, a yeah. I've, so I've been clear um, basically since just after the last last election. So that's how I sort of um, yeah, because I was down um, in Wellington. So radiation in Wellington. Uh, yeah, radiation in Wellington, and the operate the operation was actually done up here. Uh, sorry, in uh, Rotorua. Yes, so it was this journey of, and again, hiding a lot of the time of what I was doing, you know, going for operation. Because I went by myself. And oh, I did my it, um, goodness. I did everything sort of by myself. And um, 
again, I'm going to iterate, reiterate that um, you don't have to be this staunch person. You know, um, learn from my journey. Um, it's actually a lot easier if you have people there to support you. But I'd go to radiation. Um, work were good. Um, the, the people I was working with were excellent. They always wanted me to go home, don't, you know, go home, rest, blah, blah, blah. But for me, I, I needed to have work. But they would let me go off and I'd go and do radiation um, in the morning and um, pop, home, uh, pop back into work and carry on as if everything was. <laughs> there were days when I wasn't feeling great and um, work would say, hey, you need to go home, you, you know, you, know um, you're not, you don't look well. And um, so, so, you know, you took that advice. And, and at that time you were the only one that knew? Yeah, uh, work knew because, oh, uh, you know, I, it wasn't fair. Th- I mean, it was easier for me not to tell my family because I was away from them. Greg's auntie and uncle that he was living with in Wellington were the only people that knew about his cancer diagnosis. But his uncle became uncomfortable hiding the truth from the rest of the whānau. Greg decided to tell his wife Claire when she took a trip from Rotorua to Wellington. But it didn't go according to plan. The day that she came down to Wellington, her, her auntie and a beautiful lady, uh, Josie Karanga, she, she passed away from the, her journey of cancer. Oh. And so I was like, I'm not going to add to that. I'll wait for another. I'll wait for the perfect yeah. time, as we always do. <laughs> <laughs> but eventually, you know, um, so, we, so I think it was a few months later, um, I was back for my daughter's 21st. Yes. We were driving along the road. We'd gone to the shop, and I asked her to pull over, and I told her, the, you know, hey, um, this is what's happening with wow. me. And, and, you know, it was a big shock for her. And I said, look, I'm going to tell the family, but um, I'm not going to do it here at Kohu's um, 21st. 21st. You know, let's wait for that all to finish, and we'll, um, then while we've got everyone here, we, I'll, I'll tell them. So I sort of said, look, you know, I just want to keep it between this small group. Do the journey that way. Mm. So, Mato, if I can bring you into this corridor, please, about that dynamic of you know staunch men telling people, not wanting to pressure people, not wanting the attention. How, how uh, can you relate to aspects of um, Greg's story about telling people? Uh, yeah, I can relate to that. Um, when I found out my journey, uh, what I had was prostate cancer. They said to me afterwards that with the prostate, you don't know, especially if you don't get tested, mm. you know, and you could have it like, apparently I had had it for about five years previous to that without even knowing. One minute you'll find you've got prostate, next minute you're on the bus, <laughs> so so to speak. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I can relate to that. Like, for me, I, I held it back for... Yeah, for a week or so before I you know, was game enough to, to tell my wife. Mm-hmm. And then we had to both tell our children. Uh, when cancer hits you, you think it, it only affects you, but it doesn't. It affects your whole family. Well, I thought, you know, reason to keep myself reasonably fit. And by doing that, keeping yourself busy and fit and everything, oh, yeah, you'll push all diseases and sicknesses away, eh? But uh, as we know now, uh, cancer doesn't discriminate. Now, there's another part of Greg's story that is important. His wife, Claire, was also diagnosed with breast cancer. Claire will share her story on Tiahika in upcoming episodes. What is inevitable, however, is that both Te Kehu Kehu and Greg had a number of changes to make in their lifestyle.
I wanted to talk about the whānau dynamic, how this has changed. Do you operate um, at a whānau level, um, a more healthier lifestyle? So are you just going on this journey according to how you want to walk alongside your whānau, not really trying to put yourself out yep. there? Yeah. Well, like I said, I have two children, and they're young adults now, 23 and 21, or soon to be 21. Uh, my daughter was already a vegetarian before us, so um, she was fine with whatever decision we have. She still lives at home, but she's more a flatmate than our daughter because <laughs> she does it, leads her own life. You know, she decides what she's going to have for a meal. She might share a meal with us, or she'll go out. Um, we try and, I guess, sneak in now um, a, a little bit of healthy eating when when he's with us, you know, and try and get him to partake. We 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 don't try and um, push our views and beliefs onto anyone else. For Greg, healthy eating is part of his daily life, but more so it's about being diet conscious without depriving yourself. In other words, everything in moderation. It is a big part of it, and I guess, you know, it is a life adjustment. But what I decided was, um, because I was, I was thinking, like, when I cook meals, I always have, like, broccoli and, and carrots and, you know, the you know the vegetables that are there, and it's usually broccoli and carrots. And say, so, <laughs> I'm going to soon be sick of being a vegetarian if that's all I'm going to eat. Yeah, yeah, you know, so yeah. um, what we decided was that we would go with uh, Nadia Lim's, um, you know, who, um, where she supplies yeah. all the food, all the, the recipes and the, the kai. And we went that route. So then it took the the hassle of deciding what your meal was going to be or what you have to shop and buy. I'm, we tried to make it as easy as possible. So, yeah, we still have to cook, and, and it can, sometimes it can be a little fiddly cooking those different types of meals. But, man, the, your horizon broadens with the, the amount of food that you can actually have as either a vegetarian uh, a vegan, or what I guess we're classed as is a pescatarian. We're like, well, uh, yeah. So I, I do eat um, fish. fish yeah. yeah so um, yeah. So there's all these fancy names for it, but at the end of the day, it's food. Mm. And I suppose, um, Greg, there will be those people out there who are going, oh, my gosh, they're flying the vegetarian flag. So you're going to have those people who are going to listen with yeah. some scepticism. Yep. What, yep. what do you say to them? Uh, again, it's like, um, you know, knowledge is power. You know, uh, I mean, there's a lot of information out there and there's a video going out and it's on Netflix. I, I don't know if anyone can recall it. It was... Um, Oh, the guy that's strong as an ox. Yes, yeah, and and it has Arnold Schwarzenegger in it, and it's basically around um, uh, plant-based diet. And um, so I watched that, and it was very interesting. I I, I went there with an open mind, and there is a lot of things that are positive about it, you know, and and there's some stuff that you you have to learn that there are going to be some deficiencies in your diet, especially with um, not eating meat with, you know, say, for instance, with iron and so forth. Mm. But, again, knowledge, you just learn learn what you should be taking to help balance out your lifestyles. Matua, do you want to jump on this? I know that you're um, pescatarian, vegetarian. Yeah, uh, I started off vegan and then I, I, I looked at all these mussels that I was diving <laughs> diving for and then all the fish around the place and I think, oh, no, no, this is not me. You know, <laughs> Maoris can do without meat, but they can't do without seafood. <laughs> but uh, like Greg, you know, Brought up on wild pork and venison and steak and everything, and but for me, uh, it, it wasn't hard to drop it. Mm. You know, it wasn't hard. At the end of the day, I suppose uh, it just depends on the discipline of the individual. But now, I mean, 
on your journey, you do find your way around things, you know. And, and for me, um, it's actually worse than cooking. You know, preparing mm. blinking salads all the time. Um, I was like, yeah, oh, I'm over broccoli, cauliflower, yeah. carrots and all yeah. beetroot and things like that. But you can throw them into a bowl and it depends what you mix them with mm. and it can change that whole flavor. Mm. Everything is about flavor, eh? yeah. you know, and for me, um, like the alkaline vegetables, like all the greens and that and the alkaline fruit, like mainly lemons and limes. Uh, if I don't have those, then I just use that um, apple cider vinegar. And uh, if you crave for something, you best to have it in a small dose so that you get rid of that craving. Well, there's that old saying, eh, um, uh, everything's fine in moderation. So, mm. you know, don't you don't have to punish yourself or feel like it's a punishment because you feel like having a McDonald's. You know, mm. like, mm. yeah, go and have it. Yeah. You know, I'm not. No one's telling you you can and can't have it. You know, your body decides what you want. You, as in your mind, decides that I'm going to take this journey, this certain path, and and we'll see what happens at the end. So mm. you know, as long as you take responsibility for your actions, I guess that's that my philosophy. But there's um there's a lot of vegan places out there now, uh, cafes and restaurants and that that you can go to and eat. You are right. Uh, knowledge is powerful. Actually, I remember Kōrero, you once said, Matua, about um, how you'd go to the marae and, uh, um, you know, that everyone would have their kai there, say what you used to do is um, not go and, ha- you know, you'd go and do the whatever the kaupapa yeah. was and then you'd sort of drift away before it was time to have the kai. Sneak away. Yeah, sneak away. <laughs> yeah, and, um, you know, because you just didn't want to put yourself in that position where it might tempt you or it might not. Mm. But, you know... Um, yeah, I remember that kōrero. I, I mean, I still go to the marais, but now uh, it's no problem. You know, you just, like you said, you pick out what, what you, you what's good for your body, mm. you know. Mm. And then every now and then, oh, a hot fried bread might fall oh, out in front yeah, of you. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Three or four pieces <laughs> with a jam on it and melted butter. Yeah, oh, no. Especially when you turn around and you see everybody with all this golden syrup yeah. oh, running oh, off fine. this hot <laughs> Ten years ago, Aratika Trust was formed initially to help women with breast cancer to help empower their own healing. However, today it is open to anyone who has been affected by cancer, including support people. Based in Rotorua, the organisation run a series of retreats and meditation seminars every year. While overcoming throat cancer himself, Greg was that support person for his wife, Claire, who was diagnosed with breast cancer. My role in her journey for me was to be an advocate for um, Claire and also the de- uh, playing the devil's advocate for her, in a, I guess, in a way. I said to her, look, I'll support you in whatever decision you make and what you decide you want to do. So I was the devil's advocate and I was also her advocate in the sense that when we went to um, any of her treatments, that if she wanted, I had to make sure that her voice was always heard. So during that time, she said, oh, look, there's this meditation course. Um, will you come along? And I like, there's probably a lot of men out there, um, and I was one of them who was meditation roll their eyes and go oh, I prefer to watch rugby or something you know um, but I, look again I had to have an open mind I went to it and um, 
it was it was it was really good. It sort of opened my mind to that. Hey, there is something out there. Um, you don't have to ridicule it, or you don't have to believe in it, but you have to open your heart to everything. Um, so it was that, and then we were invited. Then I was invited to go on the um, the the retreat, and again, it was a plant based diet. Well, I've been, you know, I'm 50, uh, 52, uh, 51, sorry, and um, of a meat and potato man, you know, and I was like, oh, this is going to be, no, it's not going to be for me, but hey, it's four days, I can handle four days. Well, when I came away from that um, that course, which was in October last year, I've been... um, Meat free since then. It's uh, changed the way I look at my life. In four, five months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It is. And um, it wasn't actually that hard. And I actually, what the secret for me was that don't make a big deal about it. Everyone's journey's different, and some are more severe than others. And I guess it, for for me going to Aratika and meeting Matsua here, um, you know, it opened my eyes, and you realise, hey. I might think my day's pretty bad, but there's always somebody else who was sitting beside me whose day is far worse than mine. And so I guess for me, I had the belief that um, you can feel sorry for yourself, but man, there's somebody out there who's going through it a lot harder and a lot tougher than you. So um, it was about, it is, for me, the key word is it is what it is, and it's how I make it that's going to dictate how I walk on this in this journey. I guess that's what I I think I encouraged. I got a lot from Aratika and um, people like June and um, Sue and all of them. Mm-hmm. Is that you know these 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 lovely people out there who uh, are really believe in that alternative um, medicine mm-hmm. and uh, living examples of you know it does it, there's 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 something about it. You know, it may not cure um, cure everyone, but Western medicine's the same. You know, not everyone's um, going to be cured through Western medicine. Not everyone's going to be cured through alternative medicine. But as long as you made an dis- informed decision on how you're going to do it, that's the right decision for you. And so, um, I never judge anyone on what they decide how they're going to to uh, handle this situation. Um, I guess it's about being resilient. We're, we've our, our journey has been quite tough, and in the sense, like I, I won't compare it to anyone else's, but like like I said, three years, uh, four years ago, I got cancer. Went got through that, finished at the election at the last election, and um, I was a week into a new job and actually had a stroke on the yeah the first week, and and, and so I've so I've had to go through that journey. Um, then my wife gets cancer, and people go, "Oh, you poor thing," you know. And it's like, no, I'm not poor. It's made us resilient for this journey that we're on now. Um, you know, we we don't take anything for granted. We be po- we're positive about our lives. We live healthy healthy lives. We make it harder for that man, the person or entity that decides when your numbers up. We make it harder for him to push that button, if you know what I mean by. Because if I'm healthier, if I'm eating right. And I um, exercise and and spiritually fulfilled because I'm not a religious man, you know. I um, I, I don't claim to be that, but um, you, uh, you know, within myself, I know who I am and I know where I've come from, and so that's just how I uh, I want life to be. And you know, whatever happens, happens. That's the way it's going to be. If there's one thing I would say to you is that don't accept 
what people tell you. You know, don't ju- don't just for the f- the first person that comes along, the expert who who um, found your diagnosis, and um, you know, ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions. If you don't understand something, just keep asking until you understand. I'll give you a little tip, and uh, and this is something as a reporter, I guess I, it was um, when you go into these meetings, take a recorder. You know, you've got it on your phone. Um, you don't you, look, and there's a, a legal side around these sorts of things. You know, like you're supposedly not supposed to record secretly record someone. Um, if but if you're in a conversation, I used to always have uh, would record that um, that meeting. I wouldn't necessarily tell the doctors that I had it recorded because sometimes once, as it, I know from experience, if you know about you're being recorded, you tend to hold back on what you're really wanting to say. Mm. Um, so, I, I, I mean, I wasn't going to be using it to go to court or anything. Yeah. But, yeah, this is this is your life. So you only hear the first part of a conversation until it, it piques your interest. So there were many times during um, my wife's uh, treatments where she'd go, oh, did the doctor say blah, blah, blah? And I says, no, he said blah, 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 you know. And so um, we'd go back on the recording, have a listen to it, and go, oh, no, he actually said something else. Mm-hmm. So it's actually good to have a recording and go back and have a listen to it because there'll be things that you didn't pick up on. Um, go prepared with questions that you want answered, you know, so think about that process um, because at the end of the day, this is your journey. You're responsible mm-hmm. for it. And there's only one word for that. It's called empowerment. Go in there. If you've got something to say, say it. You know, because if you hold it within you, um, you ain't going to get no answers. Mm. You know, Mm. and like uh, Greg said, um, knowledge is power. Um, as a journalist, um, I, I've always, and teaching others who becoming journos, um, the only dumb question is the one that's never asked because most times everyone else sitting in that room wants that question asked. <laughs> yes. How many times have you been in a group and somebody goes, oh, um, how do we do this? And everyone goes, oh, yeah, that's the question. That's you right. know, so yep. the only dumb question is the one that is never asked. How's your, your whole water now? Oh, it's really good. Yeah, you know, you um, regular tests. Or? Um, yeah, I, I get um, every three months. I have to have a, a, a test done. Um, I'm on medication that I'll be on for the rest of my life, mm. and so you know, that's a journey. That's part of the journey. I mean, you got to put your socks on in the morning. Mm. So yeah, <laughs> after that, I put put um, have my pills. So yeah, mm. you know, it's it's a routine. <laughs> Nei rā te mihi mai o hā kia Greg Taipari, kōrua ko te kihu kihu butler, who both shared their stories and perspectives about living with cancer. Now, if anything you've heard tonight resonates with you, please, in the first instance, seek out medical or relevant advice. For more information about the show, you can email tiahika at rnz.co.nz. RNZ Tiao Māori on social media, that's uh, Twitter or Facebook. And you can, of course, check out the webpage rnz.co.nz forward slash tiahika. Ka hoki mai te hōtaka nei Atera Wiki. Join us next week. I'm in Rotorua to learn more about Aratika Trust. Hemihi tēnei kia koutou katoa Māori tū, Māori ora.